The Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency was established in 1949, then known as the Game and Fish Commission. For over 65 years, we've been on mission to preserve, conserve, manage, protect, and enhance the fish and wildlife of Tennessee. With support of hunters and anglers, we've come a long way since 1949, and now your TWRA is working even harder to enhance your outdoor experiences. A great way to keep up with what's going on is to visit our website at tnwildlife.org or follow us on Facebook at Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, on Twitter at TNWildlife, on Instagram at TN Wildlife Resources Agency. An even better way is to stay right here for an episode of Tennessee Wildcast. Join Jason and Doug as they discuss everything outdoors, from the Mississippi River to the Great Smoky Mountains. So now it's time for Tennessee Wildcast, live from Studio B at the TWRA headquarters in Nashville. Here are your hosts, Doug and Jason. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I am Jason, and this is the podcast for the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. And my host looks a little bit different today. It's not Doug, it's Mr. Barry Cross. I'm, I'm just a little different, yeah. Come on in there, Barry. I can't hear you. I, I'm just a little different. <laughs> Doug's better looking. Oh, well, I don't know about that. We won't, we won't talk about looks today. But uh, we thank you all for being with us. It's going to be a good show. We're excited. we got a special guest today, and we'll announce that in just a minute. And uh, it's going to be a, a, a lot of a lot of neat topics today. A lot of a lot of cool stuff to talk about. But first, it, it's a different kind of show today. Different kind of show. Yeah. First, we want to talk about the uh, upcoming events, current events that's going on at the agency, and uh, the hunting guide is out. Everybody's always anticipating the hunting guide, and they are here. Um, they are uh, currently being distributed by our wildlife officers to all the agents around the state. So if you're if you're looking for a guide, uh, they should be there soon if they're not already there. And I wanted to say on, on the internet, on our website, tnwildlife.org, at the very top of the page you'll see 2017, 2018, you can't miss it, hunting and trapping guide. If you click that and then go to the next screen, click the guide, and I'll make it easy. I've already got it up here. There you go. And that's a great way to just always have it with you. You got your cell phone all the time. You can click on that, go to whatever you're doing at the time and, and find out the regulations for any WMAs, find out any regulations for the hunt that you're going on. Um, it's always there for you. Yep. And I wanted to highlight page eight licenses. Page six, what's new? That's what you're looking at on the screen right now. Uh, page 20 is where the big game stuff starts. So those are a few highlights on the hunting guide. And be sure to check out all those new things. Uh, just familiarize yourself with them because some of them uh, you can't get in trouble with uh, with us if you if you're especially with the chronic wasting and the carcass import importation. Mm -hmm. uh, we want everybody to pay attention to that. This that's year. one of the big big new changes for this year. So that's the hunting guide. And uh, do you like to hunt sandhill cranes there, Barry? You know, I've never hunted sandhill cranes, but I hear they're the, what do they call them? The ribeye in the sky? Ribeye in the sky, yeah. If anybody wants to take me or, or cook, <laughs> cook me dinner. Well, first, you've got to go to the sandhill crane drawing on August 12th, 
and there's about 1,200 tags available. 400 successful folks will be drawn on that day, and any remaining tags will go into the pot for the computerized drawing, which is September 6th through the 27th. And that hunt's been pretty successful since it started, so I, I, th I think it's, it's a great hunt that we've uh, implemented, and, and uh, the hunters have responded well. Mm-hmm. So that's another upcoming event. Dove season is around the corner. Fields are coming in. We'll have those on our website soon. Um, yeah. A lot of the WMAs got their, their the food plots are looking great. Uh, they're already making preparations. So if you're looking for a hunt, uh, you can find them uh, on our on our website. Yep, yep. Those will be out there, and that's always September first at noon. So that's the always opening day of dove season. Squirrel season will be here August 26th. That's a free hunting day. Free hunting day. Great yeah. chance to get the kids out. If you want to get out and chase some squirrels and uh, just enjoy nature and, and have a good time, it's a great way to get out. Mm -hmm. And the last thing, elk draw winners. I think I won this year. You think so? Yeah. No. I don't know about that. Everybody everybody looks forward to that because, you know, that is like a hunt of a lifetime. It really is. And uh, I've shot video of those hunts. Um all those guys that get to go on those hunts uh, it's it's really an experience it's rugged country up there mm -hmm. but uh there are some good elk on the property too yeah it's pretty cool and those will be announced at the commission meeting this month so um, stay tuned for that well, what do you think we need a drum roll please for our for our our, our special guest miss <laughs> yeah give miss us a drum roll janet camera two ivy she's in the house <laughs> everybody <laughs> y'all may know janet from uh, uh she was a host on tennessee's wild side our longtime tv show but but more uh you probably know her better from janet's planet yeah you know what bill cody and i always joke we were on wild side for 15 years as long as american idol was around so <laughs> <laughs> that's a good run that's so we had good. a great time on there but yeah i'm doing janet's planet but right now it's like some of you may even be watching some of the segments i'm doing for news too uh kind of their eclipse expert which again sort of came to me in a roundabout way uh i think you said it best jason this morning when we were talking you're like you're a little bit addicted to this eclipse <laughs> thing and i was like for someone who loves the stars and planets as much as I do, it's kind of like my Super Bowl and Christmas all wrapped into one. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We're excited to talk about the eclipse today because that's coming around the corner before you know it. Yes. What's and, the date? August 21st. I'm going to have that. I'm going to start just having a little stamp and stamping <laughs> it on people's hands. August 21st. And I will tell you that, quite honestly, you won't be able to miss this. I think things, not only is the world going to look a little strange there on the actual day, but everybody needs just a safety-wise. I just want to speak to everybody on this. Starting around uh, Wednesday of next week, August 16th, August 17th, uh, you already, if you're driving 65, 24, 40, any given time anyway, you got to have a little extra patience. But I'm just going to go ahead and say this is your Eclipse Preparedness Kit. Have water in the car, food in the car, top your gas off, have cash in your wallet. Again, cash will go, Janet, what do you think is going to happen? Like, uh, no, the solar eclipse isn't going to cause any disaster. It's just that when we start having so much demand on either Wi-Fi and connectivity uh, kind of things, some ATMs are actually Wi-Fi connected. So if you were to find yourself needing to buy something in somebody's ATM or just volume uh, and the ATM doesn't have any cash it's spitting out anymore, just some ways to, again, 
it's a little kind of like kind of Y2K planning. It's like a, you, this way you'll have it all in the car. And like, what was that crazy girl talking about? <laughs> but uh, but you won't be able. But I think you will start to see a volume of traffic. Uh, places like Gallatin are expecting 300,000 people. Mm-hmm. White House Tennessee is expecting to either double or triple its population. And Nashville proper right here uh, could potentially get anywhere from 300 to 500,000 to perhaps even a million people. Well, I mean, we're talking about an eclipse, and, you know, you, you think everybody knows what an eclipse. I mean, the Earth eclipses the moon every 30 days. Is it the same type of thing? What is an eclipse when we're talking this about a solar eclipse? This is a, a great thing. Eclipse? If you'll hand me yes, that cord, I'm going to show, uh, show you a little bit here. But um, so first let me just tell you that an eclipse really does happen – let me get over here and make this big. One second, guys. Um, I'm going to play. Got to love technology. And yes. I want to oh, say this. We We're live on Facebook right now. So if you're oh. watching on Facebook and you want to comment or uh, have a question or two for, for Janet, uh, shoot them our way, and then we'll try to get those answered during the show. Please. And it's like Barry brings up a good point. I'm going to get over here. So why don't eclipses happen every month? Well, I'll give you uh, a little example. You'll see here that any time that moon is usually about 5.2 degrees, like really, let me see if I get there, above or below the ecliptic plane of the Earth and the sun. So it's like even though it goes around 29 and a half days every month, uh, it doesn't, it, it, unless it connects with that ascending or descending node uh, on that ecliptic plane, we don't get a total solar eclipse. They're not that rare. Uh, when, and when I say this, consider this, about every 6 to 18 months, you're going to have uh, a total solar eclipse. However, our world is 75% water. So most of the time, there could be one happening six months from now. And it would be so remote and in so distant a place that none of us would – it wouldn't be visible. Hmm. So the reason that now, this – wait a minute. If we're having a solar eclipse, wouldn't it be everywhere? Not everywhere. This is, again, one of these remarkable things that uh, I'll do my other little thing. Yeah. So this one just. A lot of show and tell today. uh, Lots of show and tell. So if I go up here to my other, let's see. We're kind of doing my presentation. So you got to talk about a little bit of the earth and moon's geometry. So it's going to be, think about it, our earth is spinning. The moon is also orbiting the earth. And so it's like it just happened. And you always have to have a new moon again. So again, all of these cosmic coincidences have to line up. So it happens to be our position, the day, the time, all of that sort of things. And that's what makes it so very unique in that path. And we haven't had a transcontinental uh, eclipse over the since i guess 1918 so it's been 99 years since it's crossed from the west to the east coast here so this could be like a once in a lifetime thing to go see it's absolutely now i will tell you that there is another one coming in 2024 carbondale this one the 2017 total solar eclipse comes through uh carbondale illinois in 2024 another one kind of solar eclipse is going to come down but it's almost going to kind of come down from maine and go through the middle of our country down through texas into mexico but again Hmm. it won't cross the entirety of the united states the last total solar eclipse, uh, Tennessee wasn't even Tennessee, but uh, they know for certain it happened in 1478, where Tennessee would have been. And another total solar eclipse won't happen in Nashville until 2566. 
I'll be 499. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I just want to, again, to this wonderful geometry and crazy coincidence. So you have to have a new moon. You have to have uh, the moon, actually, its orbit has sometime altered. Again, nothing's perfect out there. You know, it's like it's going around and there's a little bit of a tilt and change there. It has to be on the ascending or descending node on the ecliptic plane in between the Earth and the sun. And then you'll see in this image right here that, again, normally 5.2 degrees above or below us and we don't get one. But if we go back over here, this is what... And depending on kind of like your faith and spirituality and stuff, maybe it's no coincidence at all. But get this, our sun is 400 times the diameter of the moon, and but the sun is 400 times further away. That's why they can look like they're the very same size and the moon can actually completely cover the disk of the sun. Hmm. So that's, it's going to be it's going to be remarkable. I've only ever seen a partial. I don't know if how many viewers out there are watching right now, but it, most of us. I remember making a pinhole camera back in 1979. Did, did you do thing. the same I did thing, the Barry? Same thing. And the, when you you got some glasses, you were going to bring, and and we'll get to those in a minute. But when you talked about glasses, I was like, "What are you talking about glasses? I had the shoebox. Is what I did. And yeah. that's you know, and that's actually what I made here. And if you guys are interested, I mean, you can use any old box. I mean just a shoe box you're going to cut like a little hole out here let me see if you can see where i cut that out on the inside so i've just got a little hole cut right there and you cover that with aluminum foil and then on this other end the uh, the good news for me it was already white but i put a little piece of white paper Mm -hmm. there i go there There you go go. that's it and uh and then you uh just poke a hole through it. I just used a toothpick. That was as easy. And then I saw this amazing. Now, you'll see sometimes they'll also cut another hole here, and you could just view the shot of it. But this physicist told me he's seen five solar eclipses, so I trust him. He said he loves kind of cutting a hole here, so it's almost like you can really kind of watch it like a camera. You're going to stand with uh, you know, your back to the sun. The sun will come through. If we were to go outside right now, all you would see, you'd see the little round circle of the sun. But this is a great, safe way to view the partial phase of the eclipse because then you'll begin to see as the moon begins to kind of take bites out of the sun, almost as if Miss Pac-Man's kind of <laughs> eating her way across there, you'll begin to see crescent suns. And this is a great safe way to do that. Now, it- I live down in Murray County. Am I going to be able to see it? Because you said... You are going to be about 90% partial eclipse. And I have heard that the difference between night... uh, The difference between a partial eclipse and a total eclipse really is night and day. That there's nothing like seeing what almost looks like uh, a hole in the sky or the eye of the cosmos. It's the only time the sun's corona is visible to us. I will tell you that if, uh, if we, let me bring up a map here of, uh, let me see if you guys can see this here. And uh, you'll see, I'm gonna go ahead and fit this to the full, full screen, but it's like anything below Concord Road Mm-hmm. You're out of luck. You're gonna only going to mm-hmm. get a partial eclipse. So it is going to be worth the drive to get in this, what we're calling the path of totality. And that is... Oh, that sounds the, good. Yeah, the, I know. Path <laughs> kind of sounds have, like a wrestling term. Like, should have a re- I'm going to path of totality. Really should. Can you do that, Jason? The path of totality. <laughs> <laughs> and 
So the umbra, so if we want to learn some vocabulary words here, so those darkest part there, that little path there, we're the umbra, which is the darkest part of the shadow or the umbral shadow, and then anything outside that. The entire rest of the country, parts into Canada and Mexico, are all going to get a partial uh, eclipse that day. Only, uh, you know, it's like it won't completely go dark. There will still be a sliver of sunlight. And even at 90% partial, you're still going to have to protect your eyes. Mm -hmm. Think of this, guys. It's like when the sun is so bright and it's like it can literally give you macular burns. There was one optometrist I read a story about who said that he actually treated a patient who had stared up at the partial phase of an eclipse too long and there was actually a a, a burned-in crescent in mm. his um, in his retina. Mm. Wow. So it's like your eyes are super delicate, and you you just you just want to be safe with this like stuff your and mom play it always safe. Said, Don't look at the sun. Don't look at the sun. Yeah. And again, nobody, I think, you know, nobody's going out there and going to stare. But what's going to happen as that sun as that, as that moon begins to move in front of the sun, your curiosity might overtake your common sense, mm-hmm. and it will become less and less uncomfortable to look. But again, if you haven't already Does gotten it do them, the same damage as it becomes less uncomfortable. It you're still going to cause it could cause blurry vision, permanent blindness, macular burns. Mm. I mean, we're talking serious eye damage. And so, you know, I had somebody else say and they're like, "So Janet, if I drink a lot and wear my sunglasses." And I'm like, <laughs> Sounds like a real recipe for disaster, but uh, I'm just here to tell you what to do. Get this. It's like we're talking the sun is like a a hundred pairs of sunglasses Mm. will not work. You've got to have these ISO rated. And again, I got these. My top pick for buying uh, glasses happen to be here in Middle Tennessee Adventure Science Center because they're ISO rated. You want to look for this international standard number that says uh, 12312-2, but even then, people could always uh, put that on there. You also want to look for EclipseGlasses.com. That is actually the name of uh, American Paper Optics. It's a Tennessee-based company right out of Memphis. We know they're good guys. And cool. so you, if you order online, but American Paper Optics, Rainbow Symphony, if you're here in town, go by and, go by and grab them from Adventure Science Center. Uh, Walmart, Lowe's, Kirkland's, Toys R Us, Flying J, they all have them. But it, we're, we're, we're 12 days and some odd minutes away so from the total solar eclipse. It's time to get them. Because, again, if you don't have them, you can always go old school, make mm-hmm. yourself a little uh, pinhole projector. And, again, remember, and you can watch the entire partial phase through this. Some other things that you can do to watch the partial phase, grab some things from the kitchen. Again, always standing with the sun to your back. Let this this be my sun. And uh, you'll begin to see a splatter of little crescent suns. Here's one of the best ways that I've heard to view the crescent suns during the partial phase. Go outside, stand under a tree. Let the limbs and the leaves become your filter. Mm -hmm. And you will begin to see on the ground these beautiful little crescents all about you. They say it's quite quite beautiful and magical and then if you really want to try and experiment normally they say this is best on a beach somewhere spread out a white sheet and right before totality you will begin to see what they're calling shadow bands they're a little rare they don't always happen but again you've got to have kind of a white surface to see them and they'll look like little shadow snakes and there's and and there's something happening with solar wind and atmospheric pressure and 
any number of things. They really kind of don't know exactly why they happen, but they've seen on beaches in India, kids will chase after them as if they could catch them. So that'll be a, another funny phenomenon to look for. So we talk about path of totality. If you're in that path of totality, is it actually going to get dark? And how long will that last? All right. So I'm going to show. Let's go. These <laughs> I mean, are all. That, that, you are all got these great dark questions. Or is it going to be nighttime? <laughs> I want to. I want to play this for you as I talk about it. So. If watch this, it's going to start there. The path of totality starting in Lincoln Beach, Oregon, has come across. You'll see that it is not actually uh, round. The moon has you know craters and mountains and all those limbs on there, so it's mm -hmm. more like a polygonal shape. It'll also the shape will change and that shadow will change some as it intersects with our own topography, but. Uh, as it starts out, the moon's going to be traveling, or the moon's shadow, I should say, will be traveling about 2,500 miles per hour. But that's because they're a little higher elevation. You get here in the southeast, it's only going to be going about 1,400 miles an hour. So we're going to experience longer. And mm. Lincoln Beach, they're going to get about a minute. Here in Middle Tennessee, if you're in Nashville proper, you're going to get a minute and 57 seconds. But head north, just mm. 20 miles. Gallatin's going to get two minutes and 40 seconds. Wow. Uh, White House getting two minutes and 38 seconds. You going up to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, which is the epicenter. Like it is smack dab on the midline of this shadow. And they're going to get the most time of anybody, two minutes and 42 seconds. And then again, uh, that two minute and 40 second thing will continue pretty much all the way down through Charleston, South Carolina. Wow, that's but, pretty cool. But will it get dark? Oh, will it I mean, get dark? How, okay, how big so a, here we are. How big a path is that? How it, wide is it, that? Path? Okay, so the darkest part. I'm going to pause it there. Uh, sorry, I went back. So the, that's all right. That darkest part there is 65 to 70 miles wide. Okay. Now, again, they can be different sometimes. This they have had path of totality as many as 200 miles wide but that's about the extent of it mm -hmm. uh again that depends on how close the moon is right. to us or far away from us but um so it's going to get in this path as it comes and everything it's going to get dark but i've heard different people say these things that it will at 11:58 p.m. here in Nashville, or 11:58 a.m., it's going. The partial phase is going to begin, and somebody's going to say first contact, and then you're going to be all sitting around going, "What's the big deal? I don't see anything." Right. So 45 to 50 minutes in is when you're going to kind of go, "Is there a storm brewing?" Mm -hmm. The colors look weird. It's almost as if the world's going to get muted. The okay. shadows are going to become sharper. You might go, that is the weirdest color sky I've ever seen. And then the closer and closer, say, 1 o'clock, 1.10, you're going to start to see almost a, like this kind of like that sky blue go to a slate blue. Mm -hmm. And then you may begin to see uh, planets appear in the sky. And so I have heard that it doesn't go completely dark, but that it is... It is dark as night, in kind of like over you, and at the kind of edges of our world, you might actually begin to see almost like a little kind of weird sunset that you'll okay. see a little glow right at the horizon. I got you. Uh, and so, so I think that for me, being being my first total solar eclipse, I I really want to take all of that in, but. You know, with you guys being wildlife officers, uh, you guys should have Pandy English on here talking about this. This is what is awesome. During that phase, we're going to see what animals are going to do. So as it gets darker and darker, birds could flock to their nest. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's like cows could, t- cows could head to the barn. Crickets might begin to sing their nighttime song. You could get some crepuscular activity. Pandy English taught me that fancy $10 word. <laughs> and it means animals like bears and skunks and bats and deer. Those things that are popping out about twilight, you could start to see them right in the middle of the day. Uh, somebody asked me, what about my fur babies? What are they going to do? And I'm like, I don't know about your animals but my dogs bunny and dude the only time they're looking up if they're chasing a squirrel right (laughs) so i think they see it dark i can imagine bunny's going to be scratching at the door expecting that that's her Mm -hmm. time to come in and get on her bed so i think and somebody said a cat a cat's going to do what it always does ignore you and go what's the big deal what are y'all looking at me for (laughs) so i think it will be quite It'll be quite interesting. I know uh, Austin P. State Universities, they're actually going to paint their, their cows up there at their ag center uh, and kind of like just to see what they do because they're those are beef cattle mm-hmm. and they they suspect that, you know, normally dairy cattle might go back to the barn, but they expect their beef cattle that about it starts to get dark. They might go, oh, time to go graze. All right, let's enjoy this cooler weather. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. So I don't know how dark, dark it's going to mm-hmm. get. So... Mm-hmm. And I want to remind everybody, it's only during the partial phase of the eclipse that you have to protect your eyes. The minute this last thing, I want to show you guys. um, Well, you don't want to look at the sun beforehand either. No, no, no looking up at the sun ever, every, and anything. (laughs) And during the partial phase, you've got to be wearing your solar filters, not just your sunglasses, but your solar filters. Will a welding hood work? That's one question I've heard. Yes, a welding hood will work, but it has to be a number 14 welder's kind of glass and higher. Again, guys, I, I wear contacts now, and I, the thought of damaging anything just yes. is too scary to me. But you'll notice here, even in this image, and let me see if I've got a better thing. This is called Bailey's Beads, and uh, discovered by an astronomer named Frank Bailey. And it's this these little strings of light. You'll almost see them appear. It's right, but happening right before totality. And even when it's looking like this, it is still not safe to take your solar glasses off. So keep those solar filters on, and and you'll know that it's about to be totality when it looks like this diamond ring now when that diamond ring is completely gone and we get to let's see here we go oh goodness i even said crepuscular activity um i just want to show you probably one of the most lovely things that was taken by fred espinek so this is again you'll see that last little bit of the bailey's bead so when that is completely gone take off your solar glasses stare up into this amazing amazing sight the only time that you can see that glorious crown around um, the sun the sun's corona that's about uh, one to three million degrees kelvin with your naked eyes is during a total solar eclipse and we all know that we live in this amazing planet that's in our solar system but viewing this i even read an article this morning before i came here that it it is a spiritual experience that it's it's not only that it's like you know how it works and you know the solar system is at work but you are standing there you're part of it you're feeling it you're experiencing it you're standing in the path of this amazing amazing phenomenon and you really are seeing the universe at work so i i they said that they've seen people after totality fall to their knees and just weep from the sheer beauty and kind of emotional moment. So I think there'll be That's amazing cool. things. But it's like, again, as soon as, as soon as you see those Bailey beads slip away, 
take those glasses off as soon as you even begin to see light appearing and the moon's moving off the sun put those uh partial i mean put those solar filters back on it's just in those partial phases while you're going to be looking up on august 21st you got to have that now that that image that you just showed us with the bailey's beads that from the time that disappears till you start seeing light that's when you're talking about that's totality that's it that's that's the two minutes or the one minute that people are going to get but the eclipse actually starts at one eleven well okay so it's like the partial phase this whole thing probably will take about three hours so for us in Nashville, 11.58 is the time. And I'll tell everybody, there's a great thing called the uh, solars, um, Solar Eclipse Timer for a buck ninety nine, And it's amazing. You could, like, if you've got a party or you're going to be out on the boat, you could put that put that thing in. It will call it for you. It will tell you mm. when to put your glasses on, when the Bailey's beads. It's amazing. That's cool. And, but... What you want to do here, again, is just remember, at 11.58, it's going to begin. 80 to 90 minutes later, at 1.27, that's when totality is going to begin. Give or take. Again, don't don't rush. You know, mm. If you're seeing any bead of light, keep those glasses on. At 1.29, that, last, that bead of light will come back. Put your glasses back on. They say when we're looking at this image right here and we're just staring at the corona, the light from the sun won't be any brighter than moonlight. That's why it's safe to look with your unaided naked eyes up at a total solar eclipse. That is so cool. And that's it, something to see. I, I think I've got to take the day off so. <laughs> oh, we, no, yeah where's your boss um, yeah but I, but i mean it really is it's something to see and uh, but you can't stress enough uh the safety issues around the safety issues and especially if you are a fisherman it's like i I, I am not a much of a fisherman, as you guys probably saw on, on Tennessee's Wild Side. I will hike. I will hike the earth. I could walk to the moon if you asked me to do that. Uh, but it's like, do the fish begin biting around twilight when they start hopping? Early and late. It's Early and late. Fish, yeah. Well, guess what? How would you like to really like be able to capitalize on those wildlife uh, limits they have for you and say about <laughs> 1 o'clock on uh, Monday afternoon, you're you like, I have more. never reeled them in at 1 o'clock in the afternoon before. You're going to be piling your boat. Don't miss the clips or don't fall out of the boat in the dark but all i want to tell you is that always you were going to they always wear life jackets <laughs> when you're in a dark. boat especially if you're 12 and under or you think you might be looking at an eclipse where you're glad <laughs> but you can't be wearing so here's the deal these things are really opaque so again if you know you're not going to look up and be tempted to look up at that little crescent thing you know or if you're going to put them on then reel your fish in and then get back to it but that those to me are the interesting things it's like what will the fish do Mm -hmm. and i'm sure there's some people here like pandy english you'll have to post this on your website somewhere she's got a nice qr code where they're wanting people to participate in citizen science uh NASA also has something called Globe Observer mm-hmm. that you can um, let us let them know what you observed, what birds. Pandy's even said we could get a false dawn. So that um, so I was telling you about the time frame: eleven fifty-eight to one twenty-seven, roughly ninety minutes. Then we have totality, and then one twenty-nine to about two fifty-four, two fifty-eight uh, is another ninety minutes. And by three o'clock, it's all back all to over. normal. 
and you're going to face some traffic there on the interstates, most likely. That's Do you right. have any suggestions for schools that are having, you know, that aren't letting out, and the kids might want to participate? And and I know there's a lot of big events going on in Wilson County, the fairgrounds. I think is going something's going on. Charlie Daniels Park in Mount Juliet. They've got a lot of things going on. But these groups that that are going to have people flocking and and the kids that need to have protection and what so, do you suggest so some things if you guys are going to be in school teachers please take advantage of this amazing teaching moment there's some great things you can discuss with your kids i i share this thing about how it's kind of affected uh people through civilizations let me come on down here uh there's some great myths uh everything from when the native americans would see a total solar eclipse that they would shoot flaming arrows up at the sun trying to bring the sun back uh, and uh, the Chinese thought a dragon was devouring the sun even Columbus uh, tricked uh, the Jamaicans on one of like his third voyage they land in Jamaica uh, they basically eaten the poor Jamaicans out of house and home, and there's about to be mutiny as men are hungry. And uh, Columbus goes, if you don't feed us, I am going to cause a total solar eclipse. I'm going to cover up the sun. I'm going to make the sun disappear. Well, he knew that not because he was psychic. He knew it because of his astronomy and navigational charts. So three days later, he goes outside. The, the chiefs of the, this village are going... He might be on to something. What is going on here? He goes in to be pretending to be devout, watches his timer, lets the solar eclipse pass. The sun returns. He goes, I prayed for you. Uh, God says it's uh, God's given you the sun back. Now feed us. So I don't particularly like Christopher Columbus. Nor <laughs> do I think that he should be lauded because he wasn't that great of a dude. Maybe he discovered some things, so we'll give them that. But uh, anyway, so the, it's even used in uh, Mark Twain's uh, uh a Yankee in a King Arthur's court. So you'll find all these tales. So it becomes like a little bit of a history lesson, a little bit of an, a, a language arts lesson. But again, it becomes a science event. And if you're going to be in school, and that's what they're calling it. Use this opportunity to talk about how shadow and light plays. If you've got a creative arts film class, it's all about, if you, you can tell people more about videography, it's all about light and dark and doing shadows and things. So there's many and sundry ways. Let me offer everybody this. I've got an entire Google folder of Eclipse activities. And so if you guys will just give me a shout out uh, to Janet at JanetsPlanet.com or I'll give it to TWRA, you guys can have access to all of these great things you can do in your classroom and please don't miss it i think sometimes i think we're probably being a little more shy about the dangers of eye safety but um it, it is possible to hurt your eyes if you stare too long mm -hmm. but don't let that fear keep you from n experiencing this potentially once in a lifetime experience there have been people who have traveled from china to uh, uh, Africa to Chile to you know the the deepest parts of Antarctica to see a total solar eclipse and this time most of them here in the United States can watch it from their own backyard and so just having that that even if you're going but we've got all these things to do even if you do nothing more but go out as as totality is creeping in and experience totality and then come back in you, you got to make an event of this it'll be something everybody I think, remembers for the rest of their lives. And uh, I heard a great guy up at uh, Bowling Green say, think of this not just as a science event, but as a human event, that the hair on the back of your neck will raise, your heart will quicken. You are seeing the world in an opposite way than it is ever supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You should, and, and I've heard people say you should listen to it in silence. 
I know there are places like somewhere in Missouri, I think Ozzy Osbourne is going to play Bark at the Moon as it's happening. <laughs> but there's some other kind of uh, purists who say that to attune your ears to not only like, I don't hear the birds chirping. Mm-hmm. Are the crickets making sound? Did the fireflies begin to light? Um, and then listen as it wakes up again, and we get perchance that false dawn. And as the moon begins to move away, will roosters crow? Uh, now, they've said that they're, they're also curious about what bees will do. So if I've got any beekeepers out there, that as it gets darker, they may head back to their hive, reset their biological clock, and not come back out until Tuesday, the wow. 22nd. So again, these are all the things that are still unknown, and we're going to be able to kind of discover. And scientists at NASA, of course, still want to figure out why is the the atmosphere of the sun so much hotter than its surface, and all of these great, great, beautiful questions that are still out there for our discovery. Mm-hmm. Kind of fascinating, huh? All those planetary questions we have. <laughs> yeah. And if you're a night sky watcher and love to figure out what's going to be up and about... Uh, I wish I had it. I, I, let me. Maybe I do. Hold on. It's possible I'm more prepared than. A, okay, so that's what we're talking about. Crepuscular. I mentioned that big ten dollar word. So you might get you know, look is. for those bobcats and skunks and like go. Oh, I don't normally see those in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, and we talked about that you're going to have an eerie twilight. So that's kind of like I think what you see there mm-hmm. is again you probably are going to have some kind of glow at the horizon. And just notice the difference in color. Like, again, they say shadows will be sharper. But uh, this is a map of what will be in the sky. So we'll have the, uh, the sun right there. And then up and to the right a little bit is Mars. And then off up a little further is Venus. And then you've got Jupiter kind of down here in this uh, mm-hmm. other quadrant. You got Mercury, which is hardly ever visible, and uh, then we'll see if we see any other kind of constellations come out. So that'll be again. Weather is going to play a huge, oh man, huge that. issue. That was my thought. If it's cloudy or raining, why is that going to affect it? I think I'm going to be under a table <laughs> crying my eyes out. But uh, in the, I've heard too that it's like even if it is cloudy. You, is there's still things to experience. The, all the animal things will still probably mm-hmm. go, occur. It will still go dark. That in a weird way, I've heard one guy say, it's not as awesome seeing that, you know, kind of hole in the sky. But um, if it's raining or, I mean, one of the things meteorologists are just praying and praying and hoping is that no tropical storm develops. Because if we had days like we did, mm-hmm. you know, in the last couple of days where it just kind of stayed kind of dense and cloudy, mm-hmm. You'll go, oh, it got darker. And, you know, it does, never goes quite to nighttime in the middle of the day. So it will still go dark. It just won't be as exciting as if we're having a day like today where it's more sunny outside. Where you can actually see the horizon and see the twilight-looking sky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's going to – again, there's so many great articles out there. And I, I've probably spewed and confused you more than I've explained anything because I get so super excited telling you about everything. <laughs> oh, this has been great. I had another question. What if somebody's going to be in China on the other side of the earth? What what will they see? They're going to be seeing their same old sky. Okay. Yeah, it's All just right. – again <laughs> – 
it, it has more to do about Earth's rotation and the moon rotating. And it's like, again, when you think about it right now, even though we can't feel it, we are spinning on our axis at 1,100 miles per hour. And while we're spinning on our axis, we're also hurtling around the sun at a little over 67,000 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So as with all of that revolving and rotating and stuff, only a section of the Earth ever gets a total solar eclipse at one given time. So awesome. it, basically, they happen six to nine months, but rarely are they seen. Rarely, then, are they, rarely are they ever in the same place. That's what makes Carbondale, Illinois, so kind of like there must be aliens there. Because like I told you, it's like it hasn't happened here over what's now Middle Tennessee since 1478. Right. Won't happen again over the Parthenon until 2566. So usually there's a span of three, four, five hundred years between things. So, yeah, I mean, they happen somewhere in the world every six to nine, 18 months or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- the chances of us necessarily seeing them are rare because they're out over our world 75% water. Or they're in a place so remote. There was one solar total solar eclipse that was off the coast of Iceland, and only nine people in the world witnessed it, and they were all the nine people in the plane that happened to be flying by during it. Wow. So, hmm. again, they're, they're happening it's just rare that it's in our own backyard and so visible. And what makes this one even, I think, probably, they say it's probably going to set a world, a Guinness World Book of Records for the most viewed total solar eclipse in history because of its accessibility. Mm-hmm. 47 million people live within the path of totality or live within a day's driving distance wow. of the path of totality. If you go to greatamerican.com, you'll see they've got a great uh, traffic app that I highly recommend you guys pay attention to that day if you decide to travel. Uh, but the only other state other than Tennessee liable to see more visitors than uh, us is going to be South Carolina. And again, it's accessibility. It's like it's not that far, seven or eight 12-hour drive, mm-hmm. not that far, when most people have had to pay $1,500 for a ticket to go to China or Antarctica or spend a week out on a glacier somewhere waiting for it, for it to happen. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be massive. Yeah. And to that point, let's just drive home again to safety. Be prepared. If you're going to go somewhere in here in Middle Tennessee, if you live below the midline, you're going to go out in the lake. You guys get up, plan your trip, get up early, get the kids early so y'all can sleep in the car. We'll get there. And also, everybody bear in mind to have a bit of patience. Um, later this afternoon, I'm talking to some truck trucking companies and truck drivers. Be aware that these big semis cannot stop on a dime so that if you were to stop suddenly mesmerized by this heavenly sight, the chances of them being able to stop suddenly become much 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 less right. and they they want to keep you want to be safe keep everybody safe i think if everybody does their part just know between august 16th and august 23rd just put some good music on or say your prayers during that drive and have a lot of patience for one another make some alt plans for how you're going to get to places and uh just and don't pull over onto the emergency lane because our interstates are going to be flooded with traffic you certainly don't want to be the cause of an ambulance or uh a risk management or somebody trying to get to somebody truly in need and you just happen to get tired of sitting on the interstate. So again, it's going to, I think for that human event and the science event, everybody's going to have to take a big old deep breath and, uh, 
and be kind on that day as well. So maybe that's a good thing. There is a, a tradition in one of the Batam Maliba tribes from in Indonesia. They thought that the uh, an eclipse was a good time to have a teaching method, that it must be that the sun and the moon were in arguments, and that the only way to resolve the sun and moon's conflict is if all the people on earth behaved well. So behave well, everybody. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if, if folks want to learn more about this, you do have a website, Janet Planet, JanetsPlanet.com. Yes, and they can go there. You can also take a look at WKRN.com and just put my name in. We've got a bunch of eclipse facts and data there. I just want everybody basically to be able to go out, enjoy this day, and uh, and remember it. It's like kind of like put this in your memory books. I think it's going to be that profound, and hopefully – Maybe you'll find some future wildlife officers out there. They get intrigued by what the animals are doing. Or maybe you'll find some biologists or researchers or engineers or scientists who decided this was so impactful that maybe science maybe science isn't boring after all. How does this rank? Last question. How does this rank in Janet Planet history? Oh, yeah. It's my, <laughs> it's my Christmas Super Bowl, uh, you know. Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, all wrapped into one. All right, awesome, awesome, Janet. Thanks for being here. Well, it's been thank great. you for having me. You know, a lot of great. As you guys noticed, I totally dominated the thing. I'm so passionate about this. So, <laughs> that handsome little Barry didn't even get to talk. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry, you did good. You oh did yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming. See, Barry, I made you look good. All you do is just sit there and smile at me. (laughs) (laughs) Barry was our good old photojournalist on Tennessee's Wild Side. We spent many a day traveling around the state telling great stories about uh, what TWRA does. And always TWRA holds a special place in my heart. Thank you for those many years of getting to tell people great stories about our state. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks. Thanks for watching this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. You can uh, catch it at TNWildcast.com, TNWildlife.org. Check out our Facebook page. Check out our Twitter page. Check out our Instagram. Keep following us. And and thanks for watching. And thanks, y'all, for tuning in on Facebook. So we'll see y'all next time. Get blinded by sun.